on the Spencer's of the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host of the Fanboy Planet Podcast, Mister Derek McCaw. That's right. Thank you. That was very professional. That was, uh, I like that. Well, I, I know I'm unused to that. Okay, uh, this is Derek McCaw. I am the editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and then of course the host of this podcast. Whose name has been repeated over and over, so I won't bore you any further. It what is, is that name Derek McCaw. Wednesday, not no, Derek McCaw. That's fine. It is Wednesday, August first, and we are podcasting from the undisclosed location known as the Brett Cave. That's right. Uh, that's right. And so, uh, watch out for the bats or the Bretts. So, uh, anyway, uh, to my right is, of course, uh, our guest announcer tonight. But normally, a guest, a, a member of the Stalwart Podcasting Crew. Just blinking at me owlishly. What's the stalwart podcasting, podcasting crew of which you speak? Well, there's four of us, and only okay. three of us are here tonight. Ah. My name is Nate Costa, cub reporter. Nate Costa, cub reporter. Oh, I like it. Okay. I like the camera he has around his neck yeah, all the that's time. Good. And the bow tie photos. Absolutely. Right. Watch out though when he turns into a giant turtle, Nate. Okay, oh. and uh, and if Tom G- uh, Galloway were here. Nate would be kissing a chimpanzee. Ooh. And, uh, of course, uh, across from you Nate. You just painted a visual picture there. I did. Yes. I did. Uh, and across from me is podcast producer and moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder. Yes. Oh, did, we, did we just give up on the moral compass part? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seriously. How yeah. could you say such a thing? <laughs> I, I, I saw him at Comic-Con. All right. So, did no, you? Was, no, no, I didn't. It was it was nice. We all just stayed out of each other's way. It was oh. nice. It was good. We all did, had fun. And if you listened last week, you would have heard some of Nate's fun as he, uh, we, the podcast was Nate's interviews with people. Ambush. Interviewer. Am- ambush interviewer. That's that, right. That's, yeah. What's your favorite color? Quick. You're taking too long. Okay. <laughs> Move on. Okay. And that was <laughs> the ghost of Jack Kirby. All right. So, um, anyway, uh, we've got some comics news, some movie news, some TV news. I want to say up top, just to uh, remind you that if you like what you're listening to, you can certainly write in questions, comments, compliments, commentary to editor at fanboyplanet.com, uh, and maybe we'd read your email on the air. Don't really have any this week, uh, but also want to say you can find us on iTunes uh, and uh, Stitcher I, and Stitcher. And who else is carrying it right now? That's the those are the two. We're on a biggies. number. We're on number a number of, of the sites, aggregators, but uh, but I know we're on Stitcher and iTunes. I think we're on Podcast Pickle. Which is just funny to say. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, tell your friends about it. If you like this podcast, please tell people about it. And if you really like this podcast, again, I know that there are far worthier causes in this world. But you can go to fanboyplanet.com and kick a little in on PayPal and help us pay for If our, you've had a windfall. If you've had a windfall, sure. And um, you're looking for some way to – you have to – You've got a million dollars and two days to spend it. Otherwise, you lose the rest of your inheritance. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Brewster. Uh, And, and, you know, and 
and people are clamoring for you to release your tax returns. Go yes. ahead and just yes. just donate a little bit on PayPal at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, and so, uh, some no, comics. Can I interrupt real quick here? Uh, sure, because I'm not really rolling here. Go you ahead. You said we didn't have any mail, but have we talked about that email we got? It was a couple weeks ago from the guy uh, in like England or something. Do we already talk about that? I don't know. Tell us. Uh, correct me on the air, Nate. I mean, seriously, do we I did mean, get somebody? Uh, was it? I would hate to think that they thought we didn't read it or okay it. yes tell tell, tell me I think we were it was the guy who said he listens to the podcast <laughs> on his way to work here but then maybe this is it oh oh well, that was before comic-con and you're right i don't yeah, think we've yeah, actually yeah. gathered to record i'm sorry here it is okay i apologize from, go bring that up because my phone doesn't have it gary that's it gary from he lives in london right this is the longest email ever. hold on gary needs needs is his last name he yes needs something said Hi, guys. Just wanted to drop you guys a line to tell you how much I enjoy and appreciate the podcast, Fanboy Planet. First time I've ever written a fan letter to anybody. As I said, I'm enjoying the podcast so much I had to let you know. Listens every day on his two-hour commute. Which uh, is probably in London in traffic right now about three blocks. Yeah. So <laughs> I find you guys very funny and entertaining and informative. Wow. One-stop shop for all things comics, games, movie, TV. Big fan of sci-fi and comics. Uh, You're paraphrasing. Uh, Nate's now, right? fine, paraphrasing trying, to find the I'm highlights. I'm see where he's from. Well, he mentioned for uh, he mentioned the shopping at uh, or looking to shop at Forbidden Planet in London. Yeah, that's right. And so I'm presuming there that he it is. is. Yes. Forbidden Planet is just around the corner in London. What a lucky guy. I know, because I've heard that it's a fantastic yeah. shop. Uh, when I was in London last summer, I didn't get a chance We're to go We're planning a trip for shop. 2014, and that's one of my stops. Yeah. So, stay open. He has two planets. kids. <laughs> Don't fail me now. A four-year-old son. Yes. Who is already into superheroes. There's Good nothing man. I enjoy better than spending weekend mornings watching Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes and the new Thundercats with him. We also keep up with Young Justice and Green Lantern online, and he loves watching DVDs of the 80s Spider-Man and his amazing, amazing friends. friends. Yes, nice. Unfortunately, his daughter does not share the same passion. Well, it, you know, I think it is, uh, if, it's not that he was asking for, he didn't ask for, like, recommendations or anything, but... Uh, it's a fan letter. It but it's wonderful. a fan letter, and from London. It was, uh, we have an international audience. So, look, he, this guy wrote all the way in from London, England, and uh, if you are, like, in California where we are, it's not as long a, a, a trip for us to get the mail, so you That's know, right. write write to us. Uh, <laughs> save those electrons. Yeah, for these internets. We're we're in the same time zone. This guy, I mean, you know, he had to stay up in order for us to read that. Uh, so, um, <laughs> no, I say with 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 girls, it's getting it, it, it is hard to find the things that will you know get that. Uh, zombies will do it. Zombies will not do it. No, <laughs> shut up. Uh, no, no. That's how I got. My fiance into comics. My really zombie Walking Dead because Walking Dead is so good. Yeah. Oh, I would agree that that's that's. I would say fables again, but but if he, his daughter's, I can't remember how old he said she was eight, nine. I think she was eight or nine. Yeah. yeah no, fables is not there yet, but there are. Yeah, but there are a few books. Super dinosaur, maybe if she likes dinosaurs. Uh, that's still that might uh, be a little bit younger. That's still very overtly. Um, I think that's that's boy oriented, and that's the thing maybe. is to find the things. Courtney Crumman. Courtney Crumman, yes, the work of Ted Nafe. Nafe. 
Uh, Courtney Cromerman, Polly and the Pirates, uh, both available from Oni Press, yeah. uh, which I think has international distribution. So let us suggest those. And they're not superheroes per se, but uh, so sorry, dude. You can at least get her involved in fantasy in a safe way. And Courtney Cromerman in particular, I love that book. And if you can find it. Like, New issue this week. Yes, I know. I got it. Uh, if you can find it still, there are albums of uh, James Robinson's uh, Leave It to Chance, which I think was a wonderful Wonderful kids book. Yeah, with I love that book. Before I even realized it was James Robinson, I wasn't yeah. uh, putting it together. Friend of the program, James Robinson. That's right. Yeah. Yes, uh, we uh, we have a bromance going. If uh, he'll remember that when he see me and he's sober, but uh, <laughs> he remember. I saw him at Comic Con on Sunday, and he remembered me. Maybe it was Saturday. Were oh. we were we standing there all together and that he was walked at, right by us? That was it. Well, that uh, was it. Big, uh, big, wow. big wow! And uh, oh, I'm, you're right. You're right. And nobody and was, said, "Hey, James Robinson. Robinson." And and my son was with me. And there's no point. My son <laughs> is there um, again. Worst wingman ever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have my Hulk drawing. Let's go home. Get we, a puppy. We've been here half an hour. <laughs> let's go home. Can we go now? Yeah. And before each convention. Or let's play Twister. And before each convention, it's, I, can we go? 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 And then, We're going to spend all day we, there, aren't we? Yeah. And then half an hour in, can <laughs> we go? Or is Twister? Yeah. Can we play Twister? So um, that was good. All right. So let's talk about uh, some comic stuff. Let's check in with a book that uh, Nate harangued me to read i just want to point it out is it saga it was a saga are you yeah. still enjoying saga absolutely i have no idea where this book is going i have no idea where it's been i'm just enjoying it it's a fun trip while it's going mm-hmm. it's uh you think you it have, moves right along it does but you think you have one element figured out and then suddenly wait a minute what yeah. <laughs> and so um yeah really good book brian Kavon and fiona staples uh from image image which is like rapidly want to talk you know very popular and yet still very independent feeling comics image is just blowing up in a good way it, it's awesome who's that publisher now eric stevenson is that? eric stevenson is the publisher yes and all the founders have their vice president or chief operating officer all those titles right okay so uh if you haven't picked up saga which is sci-fi fantasy horror it's everything there was the lying cat um which is like not my favorite concept i just can't (laughs) but i see i still can't figure out what the rules of the lying cat's behavior are and so that's awesome he's keeping me guessing and i'm still i'm what five issues in and i'm just going okay is this gonna be a movie is it (laughs) yeah (laughs) no who's gonna play the uh the the prince with the the prince Prince of the robots uh Yes. Anybody could play that guy. TV said it. could be. Kevin Smith could play him. I don't know why I said it. I just felt like that. I don't think he could play him. I know. I was going to just prove the anybody (laughs) could play it thing. Uh, Also, one we talked about a uh, little while ago, um, the Infernal Man thing, the lost Steve Gerber script, uh, screenplay of the living dead man, uh, which the art was finished by Kevin Nolan. So we were trying to figure out how many years ago did Steve Gerber pass away? Five, six years ago? Yeah. His last, his last uh, humus work, uh, which is pu- the last issue was published posthumously, was the Doctor Fate, the attempt to reboot Doctor Fate uh, before mm. the New Fifty Two seems to wipe Doctor Fate completely from the continuity. But um, I thought there was a mention of Doctor Fate recently. I, I I don't know. Oh no no no, that's in uh, Young Justice. Uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah. I thought didn't maybe not. No, I don't think I've seen. 
Anyway, this was a sequel script to uh, a, a classic 70s man-thing story called The Song Cry of the Living Dead Man, which, as I was mentioning to Rick earlier tonight, was like the actually, oddly enough, the only issue of Man-Thing I read uh, concurrently at, when it was actually being published, like at a cabin in, in Tahoe that my uncle rented, and there was a stack of comics, and that was the one issue of Man-Thing there. It was weird because it's being reprinted in the back of Infernal Man thing. Like, Wait, I segments. know that story. I know, I know yeah. that story. Wait a minute, that is interesting. And seeing the classic John Buscema art with Klaus Janssen inks and uh, very different from it's Kevin. It's not Nolan's really book. a story where you associate it with superheroes or no or monsters. You know, I mean, Swamp Thing was part Man of thing. the Man, Man, Man thing. thing was part of the whole Man Thing Swamp Thing and all the the, the monsters from the seventies uh, when when uh, they were, were doing. Like everything from Dracula to Frankenstein, right? And but to have this kind of really kind of but literary and psychological. Steve Gerber always took things in yeah. weird directions. I mean, that's uh, one thing I, I just want to put out there for DC is I'd like a collection of uh, Nevada. Do you remember that one? The uh, which was oh, actually yeah. a weird unofficial crossover with Howard the Duck because in one panel of a Howard the Duck, he'd had a vegas showgirl with an ostrich yeah and he promised yes. he was going to come back and tell her story and uh -huh. he did for vertigo and it's very bizarre yeah and it's just again blinking at me owlishly uh <laughs> so, <coughs> sorry yes but anyway it's it's interesting to see one the last script of a really great and perhaps underrated uh writer who was a I don't think that Grant Morrison ever cites him, but definitely he was kind of writing in sort of the British invasion style before the British invasion hit because yeah. he's American. Um, you know, so he was the one guy in the 70s really working out in that kind of cosmic, weird, really rethinking reality kind of thing. So, yeah. so I the, mean, and the artwork is, is really noteworthy. It's almost uh, from almost from the same period of well, maybe it was a little later, the pit and uh, oh, what was the other one from Image? But the kind of distorted, the, the Max, the Max, right. the Sam Keith thing. So it's right. Kevin Nolan definitely working in a style that's a little looser than what yeah. he's usually known for. Uh, but it's interesting. I like it. You're yeah. right. It's, it's got a different different look to that too. So you have all the all the kind of crazy beings that come out of whatever the id or the mm -hmm. psychological situation is going on, and they're all drawn in a very almost a Ralph Bashy uh, yeah style. So a three issue miniseries. Yeah. Second issue just came out last week. Yep. And uh, just because I've been on vacation, I've been losing when things actually came out and just you know picking them up as I can find them. So. Uh, that's that's really good. And last week, also, uh, DC revived Kid Eternity. You a big Kid Eternity fan? I uh, couldn't even tell you who that is. No? no. All right. Uh, that's, uh, was this in a separate book? or A one-shot called National Comics, which was an old quality title. Uh, and so Kid Eternity is one of the quality uh, characters that were, were picked up hmm. when uh, DC bought I remember the character. Uh, wasn't he like in, uh, like a, am I remembering this correctly, Stripe? Shirt and white pants, kind of. Uh, white shirt, white shirt, white shirt, and uh, he had a red sash and a That's blue it. pants. That yes, it. and was put into the mainstream DC continuity in the seventies as the he, the Marvel family sort of adopted him. Right, and he had this weird power. So you, so yeah, Nate, it's not familiar. For those who don't know, the classic, the Golden Age version is. It was like a history lesson. Mm -hmm. Kid Eternity uh, was killed in a Nazi attack. But uh, this guy in heaven named the Keeper, or Mr. Keeper, 
uh, felt that he was too young to die, so he gave, brought him back to the earthly plane, and now he had, not only could he see the <coughs> Keeper, and himself could turn invisible and incorporeal, uh, he could summon any of the uh, greatest heroes of history right. to help him fight crime and Nazis. And so we're actually learning something in reading this comic. Uh, no, you wouldn't have. A okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because was, was he in the big, um, the big white uh, book collection of uh, the one with Superman on the cover? It's got. We've talked about this book before. The I can't remember what it's the greatest heroes of all time or whatever. One of the one of the greatest DC one, stories. No, ever no, no. Told. The big hardback white book. Um, you. Ha- it's got the spirit in it it's got it's got all these different oh the uh no the 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 jules pfeiffer book from right, the early 70s. Right. no he's not in he's that. not in that no, he's not in that uh but he was in like uh one of the early issues of wanted which was a great reprint series in the 70s where they would had like just okay to run around. Oh, not the mark miller one no no it was actually uh dc had this series that was like reprints of best villain appearances so it would be two stories per issue from the Golden Age, like Wanted, you know, and on the cover it would have the Wanted posters of who the villains uh, were inside, yeah. and you'd buy them. And they were, it was a fun kind of random reprint anthology. I think maybe he showed up in a, as a backup when they were doing backup reprints, and the when they when they took the when they took the price yeah. to twenty five cents. Yes, yes, he did, he did. And, and, they, and uh, Peter Milligan, I think either Peter Milligan or Grant Morrison tried to revive him for Vertigo. And it was weird. And then this one now, for fitting him into the New 52, they use – he didn't have a, a secret identity in the Golden Age. And then they gave him – they made him Freddie Freeman's brother oh. in uh, the 70s. And so that identity – I think it's Mark Freeman uh, – is what they're using for this one. But he's not a kid. He's 27 years old. And it's really – Interesting. This, this, this is by Jeff Lemire, who is doing – Especially given the Shazam re- yeah, reboot too. is no part well, of that at all. Since we're talking about the Shazam reboot. Wait a minute, let me finish this, and then we'll get to it. <laughs> um, that uh, Jeff Lemire wrote it, uh, and Cully Hamner is the penciler on this, and I really like the style. He's got, Cully Hamner kind of had this like Ernie Cologne look to it, but I, now I can't remember who the inker is. But, the, but whoever the inker is, it gave it more of a, it almost gives it a Walt Simonson feel to the art. Yeah. So really beautiful-looking book. I can't, and I love Jeff Lemire's work. I'm, I'm really enjoying what he's been doing on. Uh, I can't remember if he's Animal Man or Swamp Thing. I know they're crossing over. Um, I think he's Animal Man. I think he's Animal Man, and yeah. I'm really enjoying that. And I like Sweet Tooth, uh, but this felt now they've recast him. He doesn't have the ability to call up the character, the people from history. Instead, now it's he encounter. He works in a, a police county morgue, and he can if a murder victim comes in. He can basically summon their spirits forth. He goes into the afterlife, summons the spirit of the murdered victim, and has less than 24 hours to solve their murder. That's pushing daisies. It's true true calling. Yeah. The, uh, you know. <coughs> T-R-U calling? Yes, T-R-U With calling. Was Jennifer Love Hewitt? No, it yeah. wasn't Jennifer Love Hewitt. Who that was the ghost whisperer. Uh, oh. Uh, she was... Uh, it Eliza Dushku? Uh, yes. Eliza Dushku, yes. Uh, so... But they all they uh, one of the go- the ghost calls him like the ghost whisperer. So I was like, okay, yeah. So I mean, it it didn't feel like anything new, and it ends in a cliffhanger. But it's a one shot. So I was like, well, if you like this, will we <laughs> see more Kid Eternity? But it was like, but it wasn't Kid Eternity. Yeah, and it was a decent story. But I've seen all of this before, 
and on read the all the television. on the television. Well, it's weird. I when think they, I have the DVD season set. It's weird when calling. they think they're going to get something out of taking an established character that nobody really remembers, yeah. and rebooting him. It's like, okay, so well, give him the. I mean, the one cool thing is, I mean, it's like it's sort of yeah. I mean, although Nate, you know, shivered as you said it. You could learn something by reading the comic if a really com- you could learn something. I don't want to learn something. That's you my just want to read comics. You want boom boom hits. So go ahead, talk about Shazam. I just want to know. <laughs> when you read the last page of the most current Justice League with uh, when, I read that one when yet. Billy says what he says, what was the first thing that came Remind out of your me mouth? what he says. Holy dot 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 crap. I see. Yeah, I'm I'm not liking the take on Billy Batson and yet I liked there were elements of it. Like I like that he's at heart still trying to be good just pushed around and i loved what i hate to say it but i loved what jeff johns and gary frank did with uh the subway train yeah like the so it's like harry potter's train Uh no it's not harry potter's train it's the original subway train from Wiz comics number two oh okay um you know but it suddenly becomes that and i so okay, the, but I, I'm torn by this. But what did you think when Billy said "Holy crap!" instead of "Holy moly"? Screw you, Jeff Johns. <laughs> That's <laughs> no. what you want me to say, isn't it? No, I just wanted to know your holy immediate reaction. Crap! He should say "Holy moly," except he's except I know what Jeff Johns is thinking is no kid would say "Holy moly" because Bill, he's setting up Billy as a kid who's not going to try not to swear. Hey, but you know, but it is to me an iconic part of the character. And what I'd better see is that maybe it is the thing that will that will make me go okay. I'll follow this whole ride. Is if Captain Marvel himself, or I'm sorry, he's not. He's called Shazam, oh, isn't sorry. he? Damn it! Uh, if Shazam himself is a lot more of the Boy Scout, yeah, and forcing his personality onto Billy, he's devoid of the bitterness and the uh, because anger. again, you want to talk about. I want to go back and you can and you can pick this up at. at at your local Barnes and Noble, or maybe we should put a link on Amazon, because Paul Dini and Alex Ross, when they did Captain, Mar- when they did Shazam, Hope, I think it was that big oversized paint uh, story, was like uh, when they did one for Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Shazam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was big oversized, ones. right? Um, that just encapsulated everything, you know. And and I'm sorry, but it, you can be cynical, and that, and I guess that's my problem it, it, when, when Jeff Johns is. Cynical in an attempt, he's trying to be realistic, and I, I get it, and he is realistic. But I, but this is a character that I just don't want to be realistic, and I understand he's that they're the big red cheese <laughs> for a reason. He's supposed to be the big red cheese. For and the reason. truth of the matter is, I and I just picked up at Comic Con the hard hard back of the uh, Jeff Smith, uh, oh, Monster uh, the Monster Society of Evil, which there are things in that I didn't like either. But at least Captain Marvel was right, you know. I mean, it proves you can do it. He can still be a character that's an inspiration, and you can be an inspiration without a dark side. Grant Morrison is proving that in action. Superman in that is just like when you went to All-Star Superman. Mm-hmm. He's an inspiration without being and – and I'll give Jeff Johns credit for this because I've been, I've been thinking about this – is I'm really liking the kind of the mandate. I don't think he's necessarily writing it, but definitely influencing that people treating the relationship between Superman and Batman is a lot – better and healthier and more believable to me 
than it's been in a long time. Like there's definite respect and like Bruce and you see that the, the in in action and in Justice League and in, in and there's been one or two things in Batman I think where Superman's appeared. It's you feel like Bruce Wayne if he were ever to have a friend it would be Clark Kent but he's holding himself back. Yeah. And because there's so much respect for what this, what Superman is trying to be, and he understands that without having that distrust that he has with everybody else, and I really like. But it's not he's not he's not fawning over him. He he no. understands the the potential danger there is. Too. Oh, he does too, and not not to doubt that. But I mean, yeah. but but there is a there is not just a respect. There does seem to be a budding friendship, mm-hmm. which I like seeing. It's yeah. a little bit prickly occasionally, but. It's more because Batman is so focused on his mission, at least in action, where it's like five years in the past. It's a younger Batman who hasn't learned to balance things as mm-hmm. well. So uh, I'm really liking that, and that's where I get frustrated. I, I hate to criticize with a broad brush Jeff Johns. I'm not liking Shazam, but I'm loving Green Lantern to the point that I'm actually going to go back and buy the trades because of the New 52 reboot because I dropped it for a while. I picked it up again. Of Green Lantern? Of Green Lantern. Yeah. Not the other books. Not the New Guardians no, and, the, and the Red Lanterns. I'm not enjoying those. But Green Lantern, that story has been... And you're looking at me like... You've got you've to do these things verbally. You can't just shake I'm your just head shaking at me. my head. And, why would you drop Green Lantern? Because... I don't know. And exactly. then I picked it up again. No, it's, when, I mean, it's, it's been. I doubted. I doubted. Okay? But since Jeff Johns has started writing Green Lantern, when has it been bad? I thought after I really thought that after Brightest Day it was just so out of, it was it felt out of control and then when it rebooted and I I just didn't want to get I was it cutting my rebooted I was I was cutting my budget and I looked around and went I'm not, you know it's just there was he too, made a mistake I man. made a mistake I felt there were too many books to follow <laughs> and then when I realized that I can essentially just read Green, Green Lantern, Lantern. Yeah. I'm okay and now I want to go back and get the trades the the new 52 uh, two version of Green Lantern which is the old 52 version. So he's paying penance right. to I, I am. So I'm saying that. Okay. And even though I'm not, and, and there are elements of Aquaman where the background is still kind of like, what? Uh, like the super team that existed before the Justice League that he was part of is kind of like, uh, but they're interesting characters and I like what he's done with Aquaman. So, I mean, I, I, I'm See, not. See, Aquaman's been the one that I dropped early, but I, everybody else has been saying. Right, penance. Huh? Now you must do your penance, and I—that's the one that I'm thinking Why I might pick up. Why would you drop Aquaman? Because I didn't like the first issue. I really loved the first issue, but uh, yeah, and I and I'm you know saying I've, I've been really enjoying Green Lantern. I've uh, no, Green Lantern and Sinestro thing has been just awesome all the way through it. Yeah, yeah, and there are many things like I was just reading about how you know part of the new Fifty Two that like the surprise is still Animal Man and Swamp Thing being as popular as they are, but. Mm-hmm. Now that they're finally crossing over, yes, they took too long to get to it because we knew from the second issue forward, yes, they're going to cross over. Yeah. And ten issues later, they're finally doing it. But it's fun and creepy. And bring up Arcane and Abigail back into the continuity. Yeah, Arcane it's like, is just oh, as awful as ever. Oh, that makes sense. That really makes sense. So really loving loving those books. Um I can't think what you know. Again, really enjoying action. The rebirth of the Parliament of Trees. Oh, the rock. And, and let's say, and, and have you still been reading action? Oh they, yeah, yeah. And the reintroduction of Captain Comet, and actually making Captain Comet make sense is where is that happening? In action, 
He's not calling himself today's issue. Uh, last, you know, uh, today's issue, but the but the month ago issue brought him in. Really, and maybe I was the only person that recognized that. That's who I think it was. He may have been. Um, he because they've been making. They Grant Morrison been planting seeds about how there's this uh, phantom strongman in Kansas. All these things where Lois was keeping a scrapbook of what she thought were possibly early appearances of Superman. Oh. And, then, and then Superman looked at the scrapbook and said, "I, you know, basically acknowledged I didn't do any of those things." And it's now it's it's Adam Blake, and it's you know and he is not calling himself the ca- Captain Comet, but he's traveling in a ship called the Cometeer, and it's a logical update. So now again. I have to go back and reread all of my action comics. <laughs> I think so. Maybe I've just been, the last two. I've been feeling like I guess the thing is. I was reflecting, especially with this Batman-Superman thing, about how when Man of Steel came out after Crisis, like, I had no problem with that reboot. And right. John Byrne totally recasting the relationship between Batman and Superman. And I, I'm just, here's my public penance here. For the past year, I've been dragging my heels going, no, this isn't, and this is like the third or fourth reboot I've been through. But I was fine with the Man of Steel. And I think that the Action Comics reboot in particular, Superman's had its problems, which George Perez has gone very public about. Uh, about like they didn't know what they wanted to do because they had to wait to see what Grant Morrison was going to say establish had happened five years earlier. Yeah. And it was really difficult for George Perez to write around that, um, which I can understand. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like every week it's like, follow that. Uh, it's reasonable. Um, but, you know, that's uh, that I'm like, I like that reboot. And Batman, I have no problem with the Court of Owls revamping the origin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or elements of the Tying origin. with Jonah Hex. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't have any problems. So I'm finally just giving over and going like, I'm liking more than I'm not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all for it. All right. Uh, let's go. Oh, let's talk about, uh, wait, wait, things that have come out to uh, your issue here, Nate, with, uh, AVX and AVX, uh, check-in. Is that what your red pen is telling me? No, Why? A plus X oh, is a- going to be after Avengers oh versus X-Men. Okay. We're not going to the future. Yeah. Of comics. This was announced at Comic-Con. Okay. I Were you was the not panel? at the panel. I was. Rick was at the panel, but he didn't know what the announcement was because he got there late. I just oh. saw a picture that said Loeb, Keown. Mm-hmm. Dale Keown. A.K.A. Dale Keown. A.K.A. The artist on the pit. My favorite Hulk artist. Yes. I do recall that. Uh, he's drawing this A plus X, whatever it is, which yeah. is after Avengers vs. X-Men is over. And there's and also so no matter how possibly crappy the writing could be, you're gonna buy art. it. Oh, you are. Yes, <laughs> there are they, several books that are coming up after that. There's uh, repercussions. Oh, Marvel, and, you've done it again. And there's the Uncanny <laughs> Avengers. Uncanny Avengers is that the Hickman one? I think so. Yeah, that's the Hickman one. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, that's I mean that's gonna be awesome. I hate you know. Yeah, there it is. Marvel sucking me because the other thing that Mar- they announced today on Marvel now was confirmed. It's been rumored for a while, and this is the news to make Nate super happy. Hulk, well, first of all, we're doing this Marvel Now thing Hulk where they're... Hulk or Incredible Hulk? I'm not sure which. I apologize because every press release is getting these weird, like... The Marvel Now has been has been showing the Green Hulk. It has not been showing the Red so Hulk. So that would be Incredible and, Hulk. And the Green okay. Hulk has some kind of armor on it's the backs like a, of his arms. It's a team book with the, green, with the Red Hulk, right? Right. That's the one Jeff Parker's going to write. This Hulk and the, the Agents Hulk and of the Smash. Smash. Okay. Okay, so the Incredible Hulk, because I think the logical thing is you've got irredeemable... 
that's you know basically these adjectives have been Mark Wade's uh, trademark for the last part. So the mm-hmm. last, this mm-hmm. one came out with it, with it's going to be incredible. So the Incredible Hulk is going to be uh, soft rebooted because I think that's what Marvel now is kind of a soft reboot of the way a the universe a renumbering. Uh, Mark Wade will be writing Hulk, Incredible Hulk, with uh, Lionel Yu, who was his collaborator on Superman Birthright, which and is one of my favorite. Also, uh, the Superman artist stories. on Ultimate Hulk vs. Wolverine. Oh, so there you go. Did that ever end? It finally did. Yeah, it did. I didn't. I, I remember David yes. Lindelof handed in a script at Comic Con three years ago, and then yeah. a year and a half or two after that, finally. Last two issues came out. Oh, <laughs> it took okay. forever. Oh, so that was the problem with Prometheus. We're waiting for the rest of the script. Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, my we're going to right. talk about Prometheus. We're going right? to talk about okay. that a little later. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, so that's interesting. So I thought that was exciting for Nate. And it, Very excited. And you talk about Mark this is true Wade, friendship. I see that. I see that email this morning, and I go, I got to see what Nate thinks about that. <laughs> You're really one of the planeteers. Okay. If Mark so. Wade does half the job he is doing on Daredevil right now. The Eisner-winning job on Daredevil right it's now. awesome. Daredevil yes. is one of my probably four or five must-reads. Yeah, it is a great book. It is a great book in Mark Wade's hands. So um, what else is coming out here that's got you excited? Oh, a book that came out that uh, Rick has on his stack here is The First X-Men. Yep. Uh, which is by Neil, Neil Adams. Ah, that I didn't notice. Okay. Yes. So, How can uh, you with, not look at that with writing? Not realize I that's Wolf, I, that's, It could have been that guy that draws a lot like him, Tom, Tom Derenick. Um, and this is with uh, with coherence by Christos Gage. Hmm. Is it coherent? Have you read it? I've read it. Okay, it is on coherent. a scale of Batman Odyssey to Crazy Man. Where is it in the Neil <laughs> Wait a Adams school? You, you gave me Batman Odyssey to <laughs> Crazy Man. Man. Okay, can we have some? Can, can we have a? You want to go to Ms. Mystic? Okay, Ms. Mystic to. It's a it's a very decent book. It's not. It's nowhere near. You would not read this and extrapolate Batman Odyssey <laughs> from this book. I, I, I'd like to extrapolate plot from <laughs> yeah, exactly. Batman Odyssey. Exactly. I have several industry friends who still can't tell me what happened in there. Uh, uh, independent of the actual plot line, you know, it's Neil Adams' artwork, which is I just the man can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. An action book, the, his conveying of energy and and uh, So if I'm action. looking at this team and reading correctly... So you it, guess who those are and I'll tell you who they're right Before writer. Xavier's dream, there were the first X-Men. Exactly. And uh, in the foreground is Wolverine because uh, nobody would buy it if yes. Wolverine wasn't on but the But look cover. at his claws. They are bone. They're bone claws. Okay, and Sabretooth is clearly behind him. Yep. And I would say that... Uh, Magneto is behind him. That's Magneto and the mullet, yes. Magneto and the mullet, uh, which was his... Did they have mullets back when... Uh, uh, that was actually was his original... That was originally when he was a morning zoo DJ. That's what he was <laughs> called, Magneto and the mullet. Uh, and I don't know who this... You're not uh, supposed to know anybody else on that cover. No, I think that in the back, I think it's Lady Deathstrike. Uh, no. No? Okay. I don't think so. I'm I'm contr- I'm confused by I think hoses that appear to be coming out of her, but they're really coming out of the person. Yeah, whose that's true. Uh, back she is breaking. And actually, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't know how she's doing that, but um, <laughs> because because Neil Adams drew her to be doing that, yeah, and that's how. But I believe that's a character in the book called Hologram, who is actually a very slight little woman, who is a hologram, who 
who can make things appear and make herself look different. Um, they are sort of like mastermind then. More than half the team that they've assembled are people who don't exist in current continuity. So I'm thinking they're all red shirts. So anything can be happening to them. Yes, anything, including death, and probably including death. I think. Oh no! I also think they could uh, be, have been revealed they to be masterminds behind everything in the Marvel be, universe for the last thirty or years, or they might just show up in current continuity as if they've always been there. It's sort of like the yes. It's sort of like when they did Wolverine Origins, and yeah. after decades of no one knowing Wolverine's real name, everybody knew <laughs> it. Hey, bub. Um, James. James. Yes, everybody started calling him James. Starts off, it's Wolverine and uh, and Sabretooth, and they're working together. They're not at each other's throat any more than anybody in the Expendables movie is at each other's throat. Mm. Um, and they know that there's a government project going that's starting to look at mutants and knows mm-hmm. about them. And so they steal a bunch of files, and they decide they're going to start proactively collecting together mutants to kind of save themselves and save Which, each other. This brings up a question for me, Nate, and you may be able to answer this better, is uh, they've been calling Submariner, uh, Namor, the uh, first mutant. Yes. Yeah. They had a whole series called... I realize that, but how can that be if Wolverine was born in the 19th century? Mm. First have to outed talk to someone at Marvel. Hmm. Maybe uh, the Submariner is even older than Wolverine. No. Maybe I'm going to be abducted in the middle of the night and, ha- and subjected to a mind wipe. Maybe he's the first mutant that appeared in a comic book. That would be true. <laughs> yes. Which that, is probably not his explanation. Well, uh, no, but... That's uh, Marvel's. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the title of the book, The First Mutant, because he was the first mutant it's with true. his own comic. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do I win a no prize? Uh, you may. It's, you it's may. in the mail. I do not give away no prizes. No, but we'll submit this to Marvel. Okay, we'll I do just it. explained away how Namor is the first mutant for them. You're welcome, Marvel. Oh, and they are so grateful. Uh, yes. All right. So uh, so Rick was excited about that. And then uh, you were mentioning the, the, uh, the spider from yeah, the, Dynamite. The spider, you know, is Richard Wentworth, the whole pulp. Uh, yes. character is kind of a knockoff of the shadow but not necessarily because he's more he's he's a lot more um bat bleep insane exactly and his his villains are less gangster gangsters and they're actually like very monster horrific uh yes science-based zombies for example in this issue and i'm enjoying it uh they've kind of modernized it but they've got the same kind of if you read any of those books any of the pulp books they spend a lot of time talking about what's going on in the city and doing the detective work around it. And the spider doesn't really carry forward the plot. It's more Wentworth's investigation than mm-hmm. he changes into the spider. So the art on this is really super. This is uh, from dynamite entertainment, yeah. which is a good book. They, they've, they've good, good, good imprint quality rather. stuff. So I actually, they're up to the fourth issue now. And I think, I think it's a fourth Excellent. issue. Yes. Five right there. That's it's five. five. That's, yeah. The fifth book. I, I felt too far that. gone. I felt too far gone. Upside down yes. three. Uh, no, it's five. That's five. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we have... Uh, that's definitely a three. Oh, it's an upside down three? Is that a three? Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, it is a three. Yeah. And then uh, picking up the Star Trek, the Next Generation Doctor Who crossover, which... Uh, S-T-T-D-N-G. Last week... That was very clever of you. Uh, last week in the third issue, they uh, revealed that the fourth Doctor had teamed up with the original cast, and that... I want to read that book. I wish that had been a miniseries on it's its in own. this issue. I know it is, but I mean, I, I know the story is, but I wish the whole... I would like to see Tom Baker and, and uh, William Shatner, even if it's only uh, comic book avatars, 
for a, a full miniseries. Yeah. So. <coughs> well, we don't know how long they're going to go with it on this. If they kind of went through that story and came back. Who knows if yeah. they're going to do any more. But it was it was very pleasant. Uh, and then we could see exercise. the cast of Enterprise team up with, uh, with, with uh, Patrick Crofton. That'd yeah. be awesome. There uh, we go. Are you lost at this, Nate? Completely lost. Okay. So now playing the role of Lon Lopez, Nate Costa. What's a Doctor Who? Well, that's Captain Kirk on the cover. It he, is. Yes. He's not the next generation. No, no. I know, because they This is a flashback to uh, an earlier incarnation of the Doctor meeting the... This is the Doctor the Who that used to be on Channel 9. That's the he, guy I used to watch. Yes. yes. Yes, Tom Baker. Exactly. Had no idea what was going on in that show when I was a kid. But you've been oh, reading yeah. this one too, right? Oh, I did. Yeah, I highly recommend. I've, I've enjoyed the crossover. I, I, I know a lot of people who don't read comics at all that are seeking this one out. Yeah, well, because it's like the best of both worlds of, of an, not an obscure fandom, but kind of a core yeah, a core fandom. Yeah, that's that's it. So uh, I think a really good book. Uh, things we're looking for. Uh, by the way, I want to circle back to Image because we were talking uh, earlier at dinner. Mentioning James Robinson doing the mm-hmm. first creator, his first creator-owned book in a while. I mean, he had done. I, we mentioned just Leave It a Chance, which I believe was mm-hmm. creator-owned, uh, but he is going to be doing a book called The Saviors with uh, Jay Bone, which is an interesting art choice from the description of that uh, Nate read to me earlier of the book, That's which right. was sort of a, a slacker having to save us from an invasion of the body snatchers type alien invasion. Yeah, yeah. And Jay Bone is a rather cartoonish. I actually you was, can uh, jump in and tell me anything at this point. <laughs> well, if I remembered the uh, interview that I read, Jay Bone said, you know, he was kind of surprised. He does like a cartoony mm-hmm. style, but he—I don't know if he said he's not going to be doing it in that style, or if it's just going to be slightly more serious style of mm-hmm. cartoony style. <laughs> Thank you. We've gone in. I guess we'll have to see what happens when the book comes out. That was a circular answer answered most circularly. There's nothing but potential in that that answer. Nothing but. Uh, And then uh, Grant Morrison is announced this week. He's kind of almost done with sort of his superhero phase of things. He's got some Wonder Woman plotted out. He's going to, when he finishes this arc on uh, action... And then he has Multiversity, Multiversity still planned. whenever that comes out. Whenever that's going to be coming out. And then that's, he's going to step away from mainstream superhero comics for a while. Uh, and so he's going to give Anxious us a to step. see what he's going to do. Well, what he's going to do next is from Image is Happy. Which uh, was actually, an, I don't know if the title was announced, but they announced it at Image Expo that he was going to do something. Yes, okay. And with art by Derek Robertson from Dynamite's The Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so interesting about a... Uh, a mob enforcer hitman who meets a cartoon feathered basically it's my little pony meets the sopranos awesome <laughs> and uh, all those bronies, bronies are going to jump right on oh yeah. those bronies yes yeah. bronies are oh. looking for something a little bit more hardcore oh they, I, it, I don't they, think they're looking for something more hardcore <laughs> than no cloppers uh <laughs> That's not the hardcore they're looking for. Oh. It's a little scary. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I think it's coming out in November. He promises that it's uh, both a dark, gritty, urban, urban crime book and also an uplifting Christmas tale of redemption. <laughs> so, so yeah. It's going to be very bizarre. Uh, should we move into, into movie news? And uh, I uh, guess it's worth noting, you, you mentioned the boys there. The boys is wrapping up their storyline. They're going to, that's oh, all it? being finished off. 
Yeah, it's been the last couple of issues have been without without spoiling anything. Um, that's been a book that was really really controversial all the way through it mm-hmm. with the amount of uh, nudity and swearing and, but at its heart, it's been um, a long advancement of a lot of character uh, development. So you recommend it. It's not for everyone because it's It so- is definitely not for everyone, but if you're looking for a good, mature book, they've been collected in trades, and I, I personally think uh, it's worth the read. Speaking of not for everyone, and I ha- didn't get a chance to read it this afternoon, but I did pick it up, is Black Kiss 2 came oh out from, my. from Image today. Who's doing the art? Howard Chaikin. Oh, my. It is Howard Chaikin, written and drawn. Okay. He was at... The image panel at yes. Comic Con. Yes. And first of all, that guy's hilarious. Yes, Howard Chicken is hilarious. I love Howard. And his book sounds awesome. Yes. Of course, I don't remember any details. Did, did you, you read the did first you read one? For Black Kiss? No. Black Kiss involved vampires, transsexuals, Hollywood. And uh, thugs. I mean, and thugs uh, and monsters. monsters so yeah. this is, a, a, and some kind of weird. Um, Murders and. Uh, weird satanic sex cult. Yeah. And doppelgangers, and it was weird, and it was originally released in a plastic bag, so, you, you know, it, it was definitely considered too offensive at the time. Yeah. Um, it's probably be bagged <laughs> these days, too. Uh, Black Kiss 2, I don't know, uh, was not sold to me in a plastic bag. I was able to... Oh, just, it came out? It came out today. Oh, yes. I missed it. And uh, it is a prequel, so oh. it's so set it's actually on the Black East Coast. Kiss Zero. It's, yes, but yes. Right, but it's been so long since Black Kiss that uh, it makes more sense to to go ahead and call it the and call it two. So um, I guess next week I'll come back with a, a stunned expression on my face and I'll tell you <laughs> what was in there. I feel so dirty. You're saying it's a comic that I should pick up on Saturday. You should probably I try and find Black Kiss one uh, at what? Hijinks thirtieth anniversary. Yes, yeah. Do that. Yes. If, did that get traded? I imagine it did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I have the trade somewhere too, but. Yeah. Uh, it was a good book. It uh, is. A, it's, it's a, a well really written story. Well written story. It's so, yes. very mature. You should pick it. Up. I mean, I have to go to Hijinks Hi- thirtieth anniversary this Saturday. Okay, That's right. have to Chicken can draw a vampire to too. Six p.m. Friend of the program, Mick Gray, is going to be there. Oh, he is. Hijinks. He's going to be black. So. Oh, he's a black hat today. Tonight yeah. in Milpitas. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. So, um, I should mention one more image book. <coughs> By the way, friend of the friend of the program and inker on the New York Times number one bestseller in the graphic novel list. This That's week. right. Batman. Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Yes. Volume one. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. So at the uh, Skybound panel, yes, they announced a book called Clone mm-hmm. that sounds awesome. I remember whatever it was, three, four years ago when Chew was announced. I was like, that book sounds awesome. This book sounds awesome like Chew did, but it's different. Okay. <laughs> they start off by saying this guy wakes up. Or his wife wakes him up or something like that. And they look outside and the guy was like shot in the stomach because a clone of him was shot in the stomach. He's like, hey, they're coming to get you. That's the beginning of the book. Okay. So like Chu, um, what you're saying is that I should pick this up and so that in a year I can pay for my children's college. That's right. It comes out in November. Okay. By David Schulner and Juan Jose Rip. I do oh, know his work. Rip, Rip's yes, work is really great. Good. He did Wolverine for a couple Wolverine, issues. Wolverine, the best there is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So And David Schulner wrote The Event no, he was No Harm. Awesome. Uh, very, uh, like, almost pointillist um, Interesting. texturing. And All right. Well, look forward to that then. Okay. So Image is like the company for the fall. Is Image is really putting out books that 
you know, like they say they're going to do, they're going to do creator-owned stuff that they can do whatever they want. They don't have to follow. I think they're really moving the medium forward, and I felt that exactly. for a long time. Eric Larson really had that of, like, books that that uh, maybe wouldn't have mainstream appeal but would be uh, not necessarily the purpose of being critically acclaimed, but it, it was. I mean, it was definitely showing, trying to make comics grow up. It wasn't, they, we were both Which in is the, weird, because uh, they were the starting to just beat the, up things, yeah. The Chew Panel, and mm-hmm. there was a question from the audience for, uh, saying, so has Image ever told you you couldn't do something? And and Layman just basically said, Image doesn't tell us anything. Yeah. They just let us do good stories. Yeah. So. Which, is, which is great. Love that company. So, all right. Shall we move to movies? Let's do it. Okay. I like movies. I think it was confir- It was finally confirmed today, or this week, rather, that <clears throat> The Hobbit, which was previously announced to be two films, will now be three, which is ha- causing three Sherlock three Hall- fans, films. Sherlock fans uh, to pull their hair out because it means that... Uh, Martin Freeman is going to be uh, called back for reshoots to Probably. expand The Hobbit. Well, aren't gonna... they shooting them all at the same time like they're, they always do? They're done. They were done so with the two because he looked at Sherlock Holmes. Because they, they haven't started Sherlock yet. They were waiting for Hobbit to, to be finished, and now it's like boom. And both both uh, Holmes and Watson are involved in The Hobbit because uh, Sherlock uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is Smaug, the dragon. And uh, Martin Freeman, who plays Watson, is Bilbo. Bilbo. So uh, Bilbo Baggins and a good, yes. a good Bilbo. Can you hum us a few bars of the Leonard Nimoy hit? The, ba- the ballad of no. Bilbo Baggins. I you can't. don't know that one? No. Wow. Oh, I can almost do it. Yeah, Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. God help that us, was a hit. Not that only, was a not hit. only is that a hit song, great music video. Yes, on Shindig. Yes, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy Seaside with a bunch of bell bottom. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in a turtleneck, if yes. I recall correctly, uh, smiling. Yes. So it's going to be a trilogy because Peter Jackson got into started editing it together and went, "Oh, I just feel like there's more to be told. There's at least two more hours of film here." Well, yes. he did say he pulled stuff out of the appendix of uh, Return or of the, the King. Return of the King. So yes. So I think that's all the the uh, Gandalf backstory, that and, and then he more Orlando in. Bloom. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the third film is going to be told entirely in Legos. So uh, anyway, uh, also confirmed this morning uh, was that uh, Fox and what's his name uh, Ridley Scott have announced they are moving forward with plans for the sequel to Prometheus. Yeah, Prometheus, tentatively called Paradise. Oh, and Numi Rapace and. Oh, I was so ready to say his name. Michael Fassbender. Yes. Uh, will definitely. Michael Fassbender's head will be, will be in, in, this film. in the film. I'm hoping they give him like an awesome robot body, like a huge. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Something. Steam powered. <laughs> Robocop type of thing. No, That'd with his awesome. head on the front of it. Yeah. And unsurprisingly, Paradise will be an ironic title when they go back to the space jockey's home world to find that it's not all that paradisical. Mm, shocking. I love the fact that they said, we're going to take our time on... <laughs> I can't yeah. even say it was a scary face. We're going to take our time on this one because we got to get it right. Okay. You took your time on Prometheus. That movie was so in production for you didn't get three it right. years. What, are we waiting another decade for this one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you know what? We'll all go see it. 
Really? Oh, I know. Like morons. But I'm not I'm not holding my breath for if it I'm either. If I'm lucky, we'll get a press screening and I won't pay. Mm. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I pay Might for... as well pay to watch G.I. Joe. Damn it, why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> uh, At uh, least that was fun. Uh, no! Anyway, um, <laughs> not from where I was sitting. Had I been actually with you, maybe. Uh, that sounded bad. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Uh, Marvel did announce that after Thor The Dark World finishes filming, their studio space that is devoted to that production will be turned immediately over to Edgar Wright for Ant-Man. So it may mean that we get Ant-Man in 2014, which they had also said they were willing to give a third, to, to slot a third film into a year if when if and when Ant-Man That's was ready. That's damn decent of him. Now, I heard a completely unsubstantiated rumor yes. in the comic shop today. Ooh, give a us fellow fanboy. We need a theme song for this line. Unsubstantiated rumor. He said that somewhere he heard that Ant Man is not going to be Hank Pym, but Scott Lang. Either one the of them have second the, Ant Man. No, well, had the we title. talked about this. The yeah. I, I feel like we talked about this. We have. I know um, when they originally said they were going to do the Ant Man movie, it was going to be the current Ant Man who's like a screw up. Well, the, 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 the that's a third third Ant-Man. one, right? He's yeah. a, he's neither of these the third two one. previous, so, right? No one seems to know anything, really. We don't know. But Why least, wouldn't it be Pym? Well, I, in I the books, in movies. Pym has been kind of a, uh, he's been cast badly. He, I mean, he's been written badly. But he's on Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, it was it was uh, Pym. On the all the animated series that have used Ant Man, yeah. it's been Hank well, Pym. Right now, it's Hank Pym too in the comic books. But right, Scott right, Lang right. got the he was anointed as the new Ant Man. He was. But I, I could also see it doesn't necessarily Hank Pym could be a character, but doesn't necessarily have to be the one who becomes Ant Man. Right. But you are do these things verbally. Nate, boo! I, yeah, That's we need to. See, if you could make a sound effect for Nate's eyes rolling and his head shaking, someone get a ruler to put. I in need. I need that sound effect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the sound of Nate's disapproval <laughs> quietly in the corner. Uh, yeah, I. But I don't know. I mean, there, I would call that a very unsubstantiated rumor, just because. Uh, just because some dork behind me in line said it. Yeah, doesn't make yeah. it true. Doesn't make it true. Doesn't make it. True. He but heard if it, it is, is true. He heard it is at his D and D group on Tuesday. That's a possibility. Yeah. Like we have room to mock. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, was I mocking? I did feel that there was mockery I wasn't there, mocking. Rick. Without it, some of without, the best rumors come out of D and D groups on Tuesdays. <laughs> we, we're friends with Chris Garcia. Please, a little um, code red overdose. Oh, jeez. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, but the thing is that uh, we know that. Uh, Edgar Wright does have to finish the world's end with uh, with uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, the end of their Blood and Cornetto trilogy. So uh, that's got to be finished first. And uh, you know, whichever Ant Man it is, I'm sure it'll be a good movie because it's Edgar Wright. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and with Joe Cornish uh, co-scripting with him, and Joe Cornish wrote and directed Attack the Block last year, which was one of my favorite movies of last summer. So if you haven't seen it yet, Nate, you have to. I it's awesome. Oh, you will love that movie. I didn't see it. I should go see you it. You will love that movie. Attack the Block. Attack the Block. What it's, if I don't love it? Then you can come back and judge me silently from across the table <laughs> <laughs> like usual. Uh, so I'm emailing myself right now. Okay. Okay. 
It's awesome. Anyway, uh, and then of course we uh, saw the Skyfall trailer was released this week. So, yes, yes, the new Skyfall. Nice trailer. long trailer too. Nice long trailer. I, I watched the European cut. I didn't watch the American, so I don't know what, what the language was are. it in. English. Oh, okay. So I understood it. Yes, <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, MI six get all blowed up. Yes, uh, and Ray Fiennes is in there. So Voldemort, you know that can't yeah. be good. Uh, Voldemort. And uh, what's blonde? And uh, what is that? Uh, that guy that was in No Country for Old No, no, the uh, Spanish actor, uh, Javier Bardem the as the villain at the end. Yeah. So, yeah. um, is he going to have a bowl cut again? Uh, he has a weird uh, windswept blonde thing. It looks wrong, but I believe this is being directed by Sam Mendes of American Beauty, and uh, so it's an interesting take. And we get Q. We get a new Q, a young, young Q. Yeah. So. Um, Guns with the palm imprint, and yes, they showed a so bunch of gadgets. I thought that it looked pretty cool, but of course, I always like the James Bond movies, whether they're good or not. Mm-hmm. There's no not a one that I wouldn't sit down and watch a little, you know, watch again. So, uh, and now we've all sat here, we've all seen Dark Knight Rises, and it's the first chance to gather at a table and talk about the Dark. If Knight you haven't Rises. seen Dark Knight Rises yet, go watch it and then listen to <coughs> it. There you go. We'll wait. Yeah, three hours later. Yeah. Yes, I liked it. Nate? I liked it better than Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> I did not like it as much as Avengers. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm there with you. Uh, it would go, for me, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. I would agree with that. I wouldn't necessarily. Do, it's a close one for me on the first one because I didn't like the choice of villains in the first movie. I felt a lot, a lot of... Flaws. I enjoyed it, but I thought there were a lot of flaws. My biggest mm-hmm. problem with it, and uh, Sean King, uh, our Australian listener, wrote in. Uh, oh, yeah, Sean Arian King. Sean Arian King uh, wrote in to me. He sent a an alternate take. He felt people were liking it, and he had all these flaws. And it was right before I left for Disneyland, so I haven't had a chance to, oh. to run this piece and get back to him and say, yeah, I'll run it. It's, it's a, it, He makes some good points. Um, my biggest problem with it was that I thought that uh, the ending of the Dark Knight did not imply that Bruce Wayne was going to stop being Batman, and the beginning of Dark Knight Rises makes it very clear that yes, that was the last appearance of Batman, and that he mm-hmm. somehow suddenly had this uh, knee problem. Uh, well, and he's yes. a very active individual. He just wore away all of his cartilage. I understand. Yeah, that. I, I but, had a little trouble with that doctor's report too. But <laughs> uh, but people, uh, Tom Lennon, nice uh, nice uh, cameo yeah. from Tom Lennon of all people, uh, and uh, Burn Gorman from Torchwood in there. Um, oh, where is the is the the sidekick to the bat to the evil industrialist who was trying to take over Wayne Enterprises? Oh. I was hoping that the doctor was going to be the dude from Saturday Night Live that's on Thirty Rock as a doctor. Chris Parnell, yes, Doctor Spaceman. <laughs> that would have been. Oh uh, well, uh, <laughs> here's your knee brace, which will give you a super. Here's pro- your problem, Bruce. Super you strength. don't have any cartilage <laughs> in your knees or elbows or shoulders. Now, if I knew what cartilage was, I could do something about it. <laughs> Oh, let's remake that scene. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I had some problems with it, you know, from, from that perspective. I there, And yet there were things, like the last half hour of that movie I thought was was great and great and some nice moments. But uh, I thought that it was, it was a very a very challenging thing to take on that epic ending of that movie, given the amount of time that passed and what was going on in Gotham and how they kept the rest of the nation at bay 
while this stuff was going mm-hmm, on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bane, Bane did not impress me in any of the trailers or theatrical the I preview. had problems with... I, I did not have problems with his performance. I had a, problems with the sound mix. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I want to say, I, I agree with you. Uh, there were a number of lines I could not make out at all. But what I was... Bane didn't, didn't impress me in the pre-movie stuff. The actual Bane as mm-hmm. a villain, I was much more impressed with. He made more... I mean, his motivation made more sense. Yeah. But I, I, I want to tie back that if you... It, you know, we know, obviously, in a year or two, there will be this reboot of Batman so that he can fit mm-hmm. into the Justice League plans. No, I want to throw out there something. And this Make is that a, noise, Rick, with the, the blah, 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 blah. Yes, okay. And uh, I want to throw out here that the... That, uh, once again, praise for Jeff Johns because the groundwork... Of a decent, hard-edged reboot that makes Batman still more superhero-y than Christopher Nolan allowed, but still has kind of a new modern feel, is the Batman Earth One graphic novel. Okay. Which Gary Frank chose to make Alfred look like an aged Christian Bale, so I thought that was an interesting choice. Hmm. But re- but but recasting everything in a much more logical way. Thomas Wayne was running for mayor. Oswald Cobblepot is the mayor and has him and tries to have him killed. Uh, Alfred and Thomas Wayne fought in Afghanistan and Alfred saved his life. So Alfred's actually come in to be his protector. And so the night he's murdered because Bruce only knows butlers and maids. And that's the accusation that Alfred throws at Thomas is you're so you've grown, grown so soft. He has been named Bruce's guardian, and he says, I'm your butler, and he completely hides the nature of the relationship. We need to follow this up with Beware the Bat. Batman. Well, we will, uh, because some news came out of that. You're right. Thank yep. you for some TV stuff there. Um, and then I'm going to let you, uh, dear God, I, okay, 120 seconds, Rick. You saw Iron Sky, the movie that you have been dying to see for months and months and months. You saw it last Wednesday. Talk about it. 120 seconds. Go. 120. I'm not going to even take that long. It did not disappoint. Go see it. Yeah, It will be available on Blu-ray and DVD shortly. Uh, it's it's got a weird distribution sequence, uh, scheme where you can go to their website and petition that it be shown in your your town. Mm-hmm. Go see it on the big screen. It is a very funny movie. It's a very original movie. Uh, Udo Kerr is the only actor you're ever going to recognize from anything prior to this, but the, the performances are wonderful. Uh, its special effects are great. Uh, I enjoyed it Thoroughly. That would be the Nazis on the moon. Nazis that, on the uh, moon. Rick, <laughs> Iron talking about sky. I don't know what's going on. Hiccups and oh, I'm sweating. Oh, and I'm coughing. Oh, I'm all verklempt. So, all right. So let's move to TV then, and we can talk about that. Be- can I tell you the corniest part about Batman? The football scene. I hate when a movie that is not a sport. I even hate it in sports movies most of the time because they just don't shoot it right. Don't <clears> shoot a sports scene. In a non-sports movie, it looks completely corny. It doesn't look like a football game when Heinz Ward is returning to kickoff and the field starts crumbling behind him. It's just ridiculous. Never, if you guys ever make a movie, don't have a sports scene. I'm taking notes right now. It's like under under a folder that says, if I ever make a movie. So my, yeah. That's all. That was the corniest part. The second corniest part was Catwoman, and the third corniest part was Bane's voice the entire Who was Catwoman? I don't remember that character. Oh, I mean Selena Kyle. Uh, yes, I was okay with her. 
Um, <clears throat> I don't think she was. She was not slinky enough. She was not sexy enough, and she was not funny enough. We shall agree to disagree. I okay. found her sexy and slinky enough. Uh, she looked like she was from Cirque du Soleil, and I didn't see a single cat. <laughs> well, they never called her Catwoman. I'm still okay with it. Okay. Uh, that, that's fine. That's fine. She felt more like the Darwin Cook thing without the cats. I was okay with that. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, let's turn to television then. You want to say Beware the Bat, the uh, new animated series coming, which has been, uh, apparently, they're going back in editorially... Uh, Pulling back from certain elements because oh, really? of the Alfred with a gun. The Alfred with a gun and, stuff. And uh, in the wake of, uh, which we've not mentioned in The Dark Knight Rises, of course, the Colorado, the Aurora, Colorado shooting. They're very, very concerned that they don't want to have, they, this series was all going to be all about the gunplay, and now they're going to pull back from that. So redoing, re-editing scenes and, and editing down. So. Well, the one thing they're... Un- Doubtly going forward with is the graphic look, and I, sh- I I sat in on that panel at uh, at uh, Comic Con, and I brought back a lot of pictures that you and I looked over, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and nice some of that stuff is just amazing. There's these shots of the kitchen with different day daytime and nighttime lighting of it, and it looked you look you looked at it. It's a, it looks like a, a, a real life set, and the, All with the computer th- generated. The 3D characters they're, they've got going in this. Katana, I was really... When I heard Katana, I went, really? Katana? And But they've got uh, Metamorpho also showing up in this, so it's really starting to look a little bit like The Outsiders. And perhaps Metamorpho done correctly. Thank you. Yes. Um, Thank you, Glenn Murakami. <laughs> Thank you. And a lot of non-standard Batman villains, so... Well, the rule is, basically, I, I sat down with the producers, with Glenn Murakami, and now I can't remember the other guy's name, that um, for whatever reason they decided the rule was that, at least for the first season, no villain that had appeared in any other series. But S- Which is pretty much leaving us to uh, Grant Morrison's creations for All-Star, ba- uh, for uh, for Batman and Robin. But so. what... what- what freaked me out a little bit, raised my eyebrows, was uh, the inclusion of Professor Pig, Pig, who is a brutal character. Yes. You know, talk about somebody who is just disturbed and the victims of this guy. And this is going to be the companion piece to Teen Titans Go, which is the <laughs> comedic version of the Teen Titans series from a few years back. Same voice cast completely. Wow. Um, same character design, everything. Character design, the set design, all that. But they are all good, the but it's going to be 15-minute hilarity yeah and it's totally just meant to be goofy and silly you're gonna need that after an episode with professor Pig. i think that's probably true that's probably true uh i just wanted to point out i got an email uh speaking of bronies that there is a uh my little pony dvd d set coming uh friendship is magic with a royal pony wedding so i don't know if you feel uh, now i'm starting to miss stuff a little uh I'm a little scared of this show. I've never, I've never watched. It, I've never uh, watched it either. I'm gonna, Nate, uh, what show are we talking about? My Little, little Pony. pony? No, Friendship absolutely. is magic. You're not a brownie. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, my Little Pony is what my sister used to watch when we were kids, and I was watching He Man and GI Joe and Transformers right. and Voltron. Okay. I think the saddest sight I saw at Comic Con was the Saturday over at the Mattel booth, where there was a big picture of the ex- Comic Con exclusive My Little Pony and saying, "All gone." <laughs> not getting a new shipment in. Yeah. And uh poor bronies. Oh, poor poor bronies. That was that the Durf pony. Yes, Durf. That was in uh, PVP online. They got one for troll this uh, skull the troll. Yeah. Uh so 
it's scary. Uh, other TV things. Uh, so uh, the Walking Dead War with the Dish Network continues. Well, it's the AMC War with the Dish Network. <coughs> it's not just the Walking Dead. Really, but they use the Walking Dead as the biggest salvo. Yeah, because it's the best show. It is the best show, and uh, you may have seen the tra- anybody seen the commercial in which they've it's hilarious. released zombie a- zombies into actual New York. I saw City. footage on the I news. I am not happy about that one because it. of the tra- traumatic effect on. Poor passersby who were not expecting to see flesh-eating zombies. <laughs> there was no flesh-eating in that. Uh, no, there was flesh hanging from many. There of was their flesh faces. hanging from their faces, Indeed. and I believe somebody Indeed. was serving hot dogs. That was hilarious. That was the lady funny. looking at the guy serving the hot dog. Was like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a good actor too. He couldn't. I did like there was one about. zombie who had uh, a, a piece of cable that he was carrying on, and he was dragging a satellite dish behind yes, him. Yes, and right. that was the it end. Said it. Dish. Yeah, yeah, it said yeah. dish on it, and said, "You know, zombies belong on your TV, not hmm. on the streets." Well, you know, AT and T almost lost AMC as well. Uh, but but they didn't. They Basically, paid. AMC wants more money from the cable companies, and AT and T didn't want to pay it, and Dish didn't want to pay it. Uh, we'll see. And AMC claims there's some. I don't know the, deal, but they released something that said something. It's involving some lawsuit completely unrelated to uh, cost. But I don't know if that's true. That's just a, that's just a press I'm sure release. It's, I saw. You know, back and forth between the cable company and the cable providers, because the explanation I got from the cable provider, which was because I called AT and T, I was like, I'm not going to have AT&T if you guys don't have AMC and they basically said they're trying to charge more money and we're trying to negotiate a better price and if they are not going to give us a better price we're going to have to drop them so I guess Comcast is already giving them a better price I guess so Comcast and DirecTV and Mm -hmm. whatever Cox and whoever else cable networks there are but I mean you know who really knows because neither one of them is going to say Oh, yeah, we're screwing the customers. You know, I just have to say the Comcast. They're just doing it. Exactly. I have to say that Comcast has been my favorite cable and internet and phone provider for a long time. And also that Fanboy Planet is looking for sponsorships. If there's oh, an organization you for mentioning out there that, that, that would anybody like would like to, to uh, help sponsor. defray the costs of, of podcast production and I can and web say hosting. lots of nice things about Comcast. But and I'm going to stop there. They don't, need to, they don't need to pay us now. You've already said it. That's well, the problem. Do you still Future have Comedy episodes. Central on Comcast? Yes. Yes. Good, good. Yes. Remember when they went away when we were... Yes. Yeah. Well, when I was in college, you wouldn't have been in college anymore at that point. No. Shut up! <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I could have been. would have been weird, but yeah. <laughs> could have been. <laughs> Professor McCaw. Oh, shut up. Anyway, uh... All right, so we had that. Uh, we were gonna we were gonna look at uh, Doctor Who trailer it was supposed to be released tonight. I guess we didn't. It's uh, ten o'clock tonight, and it's not quite ten thirty. It's tonight. ten. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is late. Yeah, I, I know. I I'll, ten I, o'clock. I'll, I'll watch it online. Okay. Well, we know that uh, we'll we, watch it by next by week. by next week. Um, That's sad. That's minutes away. Oh, I'm sorry. It is, but you know, I'm coughing. So. I know. Uh, and I, I noticed that next week with the that Grimm is coming uh, is releasing the first season on DVD, and the week after that, it looks like their second season is actually going to begin. An is interesting that on strategy on NBC. So, an interesting so it's after the Olympics. After the Olympics, so using that kind of uh, momentum, I guess, to launch the second season of a show that uh, I'll be watching. And we're gonna we actually have a couple of copies of this first season to give away. So if you want to check out FanboyPlanet.com. Uh, by the time this is posted, hopefully we will have that confirmed and up, and uh, you'll be able to uh, enter. Another really good show on NBC is America's Got Talent. What? Because Howard Stern's on it. That's right. Oh, Nate. 
He's made it a great show. Yes. Hi, hey, how about the show? Is it is it NBC the one that's going to pick up the Brady Bunch reboot with Vince Vaughn's uh, production oh, company? Oh, I don't know. Is it NBC? Uh, I can't remember which company it is, but I want to just mention that. that uh, I believe it was Rick's uh, friend Chuck Farnham, friend of the podcast, uh, who accosted me at Comic-Con. And, uh, hey, Chuck. And uh, <laughs> who that officially television's run out of ideas with Vince Vaughn's production company uh, pitching a Brady Bunch reboot with Lloyd Schwartz, the son of Sherwood Schwartz, the original Brady Bunch creator. Uh, which, well, if there's anything that we've been calling out for, it's a Brady Bunch reboot because you can't watch Brady Bunch any time of day in reruns. I don't know. I, I, I'm I know sh- it's actually in reruns right now. I'm sure you're speaking facetiously, and yet I, I've got to agree with Rick here. I would not know where to find it. If uh, you'd look on Nickelodeon, to. probably, but I don't think it's on there now. And I just checked the uh, website, and it's ten o'clock. It did say ten o'clock, but it's not showing up on the website. It's delayed. Yet. Okay. It's delayed. So that's all right. We'll catch that up for next week and all yes. the, that excitement. I'm sure it's awesome, and there'll be Daleks yes, in it. But this Brady Bunch reboot is also sort of a requel, I guess, uh, because it's also it's the son of Mike and Carol Brady, Bobby son Brady of Brady Bunch, Bobby Brady, who will have had three boys of his own. Got divorced again. Didn't learn the lessons of his parents. <laughs> <coughs> Got divorced again. Uh, marries a woman with three children and then has Three a, girls and, of her own. And then has a child, uh, a new child with her. So, uh, so seven children. child of their own. So they you should have twins, one boy and the Bradys are Mormon triplets. Octomon. Octomon? Uh, Octomon. That was a Pokemon, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, then you, uh, Rick, you got the Star Trek The Next Generation Blu-ray. So I first did. First season, right? It's just the first season so went far? Went spent my own money Your on Your own money? Wow. Yeah. That was well, nice I went to, at, uh, at Comic-Con, I sat in on the panel and then the uh, then got to sit in on a press panel with the uh, guys that did the work. Um, was, it a, was it a press panel or did you get to actually talk to them one-on-one? It was a press panel and I went up and talked to them one-on-one afterwards. Okay. So, so maybe uh, we could see a little written piece on this? I'm actually going to work in a little photo essay from some Love pictures it. of that. And, and I've got a lot of audio. And I was just thinking about doing another special uh, because that was a really fascinating. They talked all about how they put together the, the show and finding bits. Um, so I may just uh, may just get a plethora. Plethora? A plethora. Have you been drinking? No, I've not. That's okay. the problem. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the episodes I've been going through. I'm into the second disc right now, and it is beautiful. I was a big fan of the show when it came out. They would they in this area we got to see it on, I think it was Friday night, and then again on Sunday night because it was syndicated and two different uh, mm-hmm. s- channels had picked it up. And I was one of those guys that would pause for commercials pause my recording for commercials so mm-hmm. i had i had the first season without perfectly uh, set up perfectly on done on vhs tapes two hour mode this blows anything i've seen out of the water uh, just amazing i showed you guys a little bit before it looked great <laughs> they, it did they, look good and the, said, you could see the pores the pores you see and the sweat and the cable knit on denise Wesley's. crosby almost looked real yes she did we forget how she was. Uh, you remember what was what was noteworthy about her when she got placed in that? What they found? She had done a, a, a no Playboy. They had done a yeah. Playboy shoot of her. Bing's uh, Bing's granddaughter. Yeah. Um, Bing Crosby for yes, our younger I'm familiar listeners. With Bing Crosby. Oh, are you? Okay. He was a singer. He's he my was favorite. Singer. Was he? My favorite old timey singer. Did a bunch of old road shows. Singer, yes. That's right. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> The Bing Crosby Invitational is a oh, yes. golf tournament. Oh, a sporting event, of course. Exactly. 
But we do have a different name now. (laughs) The The Justin Bieber Invitational. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because he's old timey. (laughs) It's called the Beeb. The one directional, one direction night back nine. Okay, I blew that completely. Can we do, no, okay, good. no, we aren't. Well, the, it really wasn't that funny. No, we have. Uh, and we, I know we it. do have. So highly recommend this, but we do have a consumer alert for this, and that it's been consumer reported. Consumer alert! Consumer alert! This is a five or a six disc set. I think it's a six disc set that um, apparently discs one three and four have some of the audio channels mixed up a little bit i didn't notice it on my copy i've only watched Mm -hmm. through disc two um but you can contact it uh, you can contact the distributor distributor and they will replace those discs if you're having a problem so everyone's wondering the bing crosby invitational National Pro Amateur is Thank now you, AT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am. Oh, because that's... And just... everyone knows Pebble Beach. Right, but yeah. there's no celebrity attached to it? It's, no, it's uh, AT&T. Uh, because it used to be called the... Corporations are people, too, oh, Derek. Shut also up. known as the Crosby Clam Bake. Yes. Right. I don't think that's what that was. Uh, that's but exactly I, what that was. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was just getting a little uh, lascivious. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, I, my gosh, that's, uh, all we've got to talk about this week. It's a lot. What? Though. It's been a we lot. We only did a three hour podcast. No, an hour what? and 15 minutes. Uh, oh God. Did we really? I'm sorry. We talked a lot of comic stuff and that's okay. And so once again, I want to remind We got a little editing in there too. Um, I hope so. Uh, at least 10 seconds. I don't blame you. I blame me. Uh, but I do want to remind listeners that, uh, one, we are available on iTunes. The one thing I forgot to mention up front, uh, which, uh, listener Brian, I ta- had a chance to talk to one of our listeners, Brian Kent, who's written into this program before, but I spoke to him live. And uh, I noticed on iTunes that he had given us a very favorable review. So the other thing I'd like to say is if you enjoy this podcast, do leave re- reviews. Leave review. a review yeah. on, on iTunes of us, and that, and that helps. Oh, no, there's quite a, a bit. There's an iTunes situation I hope to have fixed very soon now. But if you go on iTunes We're and you look at our order. shows, it, it looks like we stopped broadcasting back in February. But there's a problem in the RSS feed that I just have to I just have to figure but, out. But they're all there. I they mean, are all there. And in fact, if you subscribe, you will get them in order. Oh, okay. So, so the subscription so aspect of it works just fine, which okay. is why I've never noticed before. So leave a review. Leave a review. Tell your friends. You know, if you like the podcast, recommend it to people. Why not? You know, uh, there's only so much we can do from here. Hey, uh, I don't want to toot our horns or anything, but this podcast is going to blow up over the next few months. You think so? Absolutely. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I'll take that for a dollar. <laughs> All right. So, um... And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, give us a review. and, and uh, Or if you're listening through the Stitcher app, uh, tell us how that's working because I haven't downloaded that yet, uh, the app. I mean, I've been, I've been aware of us on Stitcher Works for fine. some time. Uh, but that's great. And definitely write in. If you have any questions, comments. Tell your friends. Commentary. I did say that already yeah. a couple times. Just, compliments. Write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, if you really like us, I know, again, first give to a charity and then just a little bit on PayPal to us. Just a little bit. Thanks. Um, you know, I used to not like doing that, but I realized, no, other podcasts do this, and I'm going to say it. And we are actively seeking sponsorship. You want to be advertised for a month? Absolutely. Uh, we were doing the Terror of Dracula for a while, which has been accepted in the Montreal uh, Horror Film Festival. Excellent. Uh, so uh, I got that on Facebook. It wasn't kudos, actually, Bill Bossert. Yeah, kudos, absolutely. I got that on Bill's Facebook uh, page. 
so anybody, if you've got a project that you'd like to tout, uh, you know, yeah, we'll we'll be paid shills. Um, you can sponsor for uh, for a month. Um, and that's about it. I guess uh, I'll leave off there. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I am Nate Costa, Cub Reporter for FanboyPlanet.com. Oh, I love it. And I'm Rick Brettsinder, reminding you to use your powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.